This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Experience! Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to visit linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast for all your information regarding the podcast. If you want to subscribe to the audio version, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, if you want to follow the show on social media, everything is in one location, linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And be sure to check out both of last week's episodes where I listed my top five TV series finales and I did a review of the 30-year anniversary special of Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Once and Always, which you can watch currently on Netflix. But for this week's show, I've been waiting for this one for a while. It is the return of the roundtable discussions. There has not been a roundtable yet on this show since it returned in January. And I thought, what better topic than Star Wars, specifically Season 3 of The Mandalorian? Uh, wrapped a couple of weeks ago, been really anticipating it since season two ended back in November of 2020. And joining me for this discussion, our former guest, Jason Robbins, who you know is my co-host over at the Nerd Cave Retro podcast and co-host of the Dead Game podcast, Mr. Wally Phelps. And we talk about our excitement for season three, how we think the season went overall and really kind of not really a state of the union, but our thoughts on the current state of Star Wars. So if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to love this week's episode. So without further ado, here is the Mandalorian Roundtable with Jason and Wally. Welcome to this special roundtable discussion on a little-known show from Disney Plus that you might know as The Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to be kind of talking about the series as a whole and specifically uh, Season 3, which, uh, as we're recording this, wrapped up a week ago, which it felt weird to not wake up early this morning to watch an episode. But we're here to talk about the latest season. Joining me is my co-host from the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Mr. Jason Robbins. How are you, my friend? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. And joining us as well is one of the hosts of the Dead Game podcast and the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Mr. Wally Phelps. How are you, my friend? Doing very well, thank you. I, I love your your Grogu shirt that you wore for the, oh, uh, for the special occasion. Yes. Yeah, I wore. My, I, uh, I changed specifically. And Jason's rocking the retro Star Wars, so you gotta. Yeah. Gotta love that. So I wanted to ask you both, and um, Jason, we'll start with you, because season two of The Mandalorian came out in 2020. So it's been like two, two and a half years since the, the show aired. Uh, obviously, we've seen, you know, a little bit of side story with The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. So were you excited for this season? Because, you know, I think we all loved seasons one and two. So were you excited for season three, even though there had been that big of a gap? Oh, yeah. And even with, you know, that huge gap, it's just kind of like, come on, come on, you hurry up and get here. Because uh, as much Star Wars stuff as there is out there yeah, that we've had since then, like Andor, um, uh, Obi-Wan, uh, Book of Boba Fett, like even even that just a little taste 
the little taste of the Mandalorian to that one episode in Book of Boba Fett was just kind of like, oh man, it's like the other stuff is kind of like it, 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 it's the appetizers, but then the Mandalorian is the meal, and you know, I love it's my favorite of the Star Wars shows, and I'm just sad that now it's probably going to be another two and a half years before we get another season. Yeah, that that is a very real possibility, especially considering the the finale, which I'm I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, Wally, same question for you. Like a like an old friend that has come into town to visit because it's like no time has passed for me. It's like oh, I'm gonna get to see my Mando today. <laughs> so <laughs> I sit down, watch it. And it's like an old friend has come to watch to play video games with me. I think we need to make a T-shirt of that and put it up on the uh, the T T Public site, just specifically for to wear during when Mando seasons come out. It says, "I get to see my Mando today." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's brilliant marketing, but you do make a good point because I remember thinking that when the first episode of this season aired, and you know, I, I woke up early made my coffee, sat on the couch. And it was like, like I watched the finale of season two a, a week ago. You know, it, it was literally like, you know, we picked up right where we left off, which I, I think is a good thing considering, you know, the, like I said, the long wait, but we did get a little bit of Mando and Book of Boba Fett, which I, I kind of call Book of Boba Fett Mando 2.5. Because it's kind of weird though. Do you, do you guys feel that it's weird that, I, I don't know if this got brought up at the time, but people that didn't watch the book of Boba Fett and went from season two of Mando to season three, they're like, wait, how the hell did he get back? How did Grogu get back with Mando? Like they missed like that whole story. Did you see the meme where it had Poe? Uh, somehow Grogu has returned. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. I, I mean, it, that's one of the disadvantages of there just being so much content and all of it being kind of interlinked with each other. Cause it's like, if you miss something and like you said, if you watch season three and you're like, how, how did Grogu come back? I'm sure people will look it up, but you, you still kind of miss that, that initial moment when that happened. Yeah. Cause not only do you need to watch that, that episode of book of Boba Fett, you also need to see the book of Boba Fett finale when, Mando and Grogu eventually come back together in the finale episode. So you need to watch like that last from that episode to the end of the of Book of Boba Fett season to like fully catch up to where season three took off. Right. Yep. I, I agree a hundred percent because those last couple episodes were all just so integral to this season of, of the Mandalorian. Even I can only imagine jumping into the show the way you're describing because of the fact that I wouldn't care, me personally, but then again, I am also the type of person who would not have missed the book of Boba Fett, even though there, it wasn't that, my favorite show. You know, there's people that did miss it. and Yeah, they checked people. out it. Yeah. Like, they watched two episodes and they're like, yeah, this is not for me. And they left, and then Mando shows up, and it's like, haha, you should stick around. <laughs> well, and it says something too, because I remember when Book of Boba Fett came out, and like I, I still watched it, but 
I don't want to say it felt like a chore, but it was tougher to sit through than Mandalorian until the episode literally titled The Return of the Mandalorian. And I'm like, okay, we're back. And it was far and away the best episode of that entire season to me. And I I think that just shows the popularity of that character, because when Mando started, we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know anything about that character. We didn't know if it was Boba Fett, if it was somebody new. We knew it took place, you know, a few years after Return of the Jedi. But I think that helped in its popularity because we didn't really have any expectations. Well, I think the strong thing about Mandalorian, too, is not only do you fall in love with Mando and Grogu, but there's so many other characters that he comes across that you fall in love with as well that you just love to see pop up all the time. Like, um, uh, oh, man, I can't think of her name. The mechanic on yep. uh, Tatooine. What's her name? Um, that, you know, is know ba- basically about. Grogu's, uh, you know, babysitter when he goes to Tatooine, stuff like characters like that, that just kind of come and go that aren't main characters. Like, like even the Mandalorians this season, you, you know, like, um, Baz, uh, the big guy that, that had the huge fight at the end and sacrificed himself for the others. Like you just something about that character. Like you, it just, you know, the, he's the big guy that just. He's kind of rough at first, but then he, you know, they, they, they start to become friends and then, you know, he sacrifices himself for everybody. And like, when he goes down, you're just like, oh my God, man, that was like such a hard moment to have him go out like that. We're, we're skipping around a lot, but yeah, the, I know. The way, Sorry. <laughs> but, but yeah, the way that they just kind of lingered on him afterwards just it was a gut punch and it's honestly the last two episodes of this season are probably my favorite episodes of television in years i mean it's it ranks up there with the greatest episodes of television of all time to me because it looked it was so cinematic there was Mm. so much emotion there were stakes the villain was really cool as hell. There's so much lore that was being presented to us. John Carlo, we got to see so much action. Art, he is a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that man, he, he should play everyone. He can't be dead because I know. I know we're spoiling everything. If you listen to this, spoilers. I know he seems dead. I don't think he's dead. He escaped death one time. He can do it again, and he's one of the greatest Star Wars villains that has ever lived, and he can't go out that easily. I'm Perfectly you, cast, he needs too. to play Magneto in the upcoming X-Men movies, because I want him to be every villain. <laughs> oh, he would be an incredible him. Magneto. I know he wants to play right. Charles, but he's just so he good as Charles, a villain. That's fine. Like, I think he'd be great as Charles. For all I care. Dude, if he wants to be Wolverine, he can be Wolverine. He let him be whatever he wants to be. Step aside, Hugh Jackman. I've got this. Right. Let's back up that movie check. Um, uh, like it's not even just it's not even a a, a truck full of money. It's a, a truck full of check that adds yeah. up to a higher amount that could be the money. That's how much money we want him to have. And uh, a Los Hermanos truck full of cash. <laughs> Uh, filled with <laughs> yeah 
it's he can do no wrong in my opinion like w- when he was cast as that character I didn't need to see anything because I'm like, I I trust him enough. I've seen him in in enough. Like I could have just seen him in Breaking Bad alone and I would have trusted him to play that character. But I'm with you. It it seems like he's dead, but they also show all his clones. And plus Gideon had a mustache in this season. He did not. And all of his clones are clean shaven. So it could very well be a clone. Who knows? We, I don't know what you guys thought, but that fight between him and Katie Sackhoff, who all, another person who can just be in whatever she wants to be and whatever she wants, to, whatever character she wants to be, let her be it. That fight between her and Moff Gideon is just as good as any epic fight we've ever seen in Star Wars. Luke and, and Darth Vader, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, like that fight was so visceral and just... Oh, it was so good. Things one of my favorite Star Wars things ever is in one of my least favorite Star Wars movies, and it's the Star Wars Episode Two, Back of the Clone, when there are the two sides firing back and forth at each other, and it's just like and, and there's dust picking up all over the place and all that. This show had moments that were very reminiscent of that with. All of the 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 flying stormtroopers, and then the the oh my god, the image of of Bo Katan with the dark saber just leading the charge of of all the Mandalorians just made me crazy. It was exactly <laughs> it was like so great. It reminded me that last episode reminded me of the 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 last third of return of the Jedi where you had the three fights going on. You had the fight on the surface of indoor. You had the fight, you know, uh, uh, in space. And then you had the Luke and, and Vader fight. I mean, this was just like that. You had the space battle, you know, with, uh, with the, um, the, the hijacked uh, star destroyer they had. Then you had the fight down on the planet with all the Mandalorians and the, the the Mando stormtroopers, which were awesome, an awesome addition to yes. the Star Wars lore, and then you had the fight between first Mando and Moff Gideon, and then you know Bo Katan shows up and just like I got I got this, go take care of Grogu, who's in there having his own fight with the the I... the, the guards, which was good lord, there was so much going on. <laughs> and and okay. I saw, oh, go ahead. I think I think it's great how they used a puppet for almost everything that they could with the, with Grogu because you could tell that they were just throwing a, a doll around at one point and it's like <laughs> this is great little, this feels like Star Wars that cute little <laughs> bastard just running in a circle on the lights up at the top evading all those things just like you just just keep running little dude Mando will be there in a minute that little puppet has made quadruple what it took to make that thing no kidding it, it is more than made its money's worth for sure Absolutely. Uh, what did you guys think of the the addition of having grogu pilot um ig11 i love oh it. i loved it <laughs> yeah no uh, no yes, no yes, no yes yes <laughs> yes yes yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I thought of that same thing too when he just kept hitting the button. I'm like, I wonder if Daniel Thank Bryan's Daniel watching Bryan. this. He's he's somewhere in his living room. Yes, yes, yes. 
I mean, the fact that I didn't know that I needed to see Grogu piloting a mech out of a, out of his dead friend's body, uh, but I am I am all about it. Yes, please give me that. And you know what's great about that is is they made IG Eleven uh, cute almost, and IG eighty eight is is still one of the most fearsome, scary Star Wars characters ever created. He scared me as a kid. You know, when he pops up in Empire Strikes Back, just the look of him. And then I don't know if you guys remember um, uh, uh, Shadows of the Empire for mm-hmm. N64. The video game, yeah. IG-88 on um, uh, Ord In Mantel. the junkyard. In the junk. That's one of the scariest things I've ever done in a video game. Like, it's up there with Silent Hill as far as, like, being frightened in a video game. Yeah, no, I I feel the exact same way. And I, that's something that I wish they would do. Like, I know there's a lot of Star Wars projects in the works. Even if they did a mini series about those bounty hunters, it would be so good. Like, do an IG-88 episode and then maybe do a Bosk episode. I think that'd be really cool. Well, I, I, I don't. I'm not against this at all. Well, now that Dave Filoni is pretty much peppering in and leading us into the EU stuff, the extended universe stuff. I think we're heading towards an heir to the empire sort of story. Why not do, uh, you know, extended universe type stuff? Like, why don't we get a tales of the tales of the bounty hunters TV show where we follow Zuckus and Forlom and, uh, Dengar and all those different bounty hunters just, you know, one-off episodes where we get to follow these cool bounty hunters for a story, you know? I mean, I am I would watch it. I mean, if it has Star Wars attached to it, I'm going to watch it anyway. But yeah. if it's about the bounty hunters, I mean, even, even better. Because you only get, like, such a small glimpse of them on screen, even with Boba Fett. You know, we just now got a Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. So why not give the bounty hunters their due? I mean, I I would watch it. I, I do have to say that I do also enjoy the mystery behind them. So I don't know if I would want too much of a show. Uh, but yeah, I do. Uh, I think that they really cannot do any wrong. Yes, Book of Boba Fett was not the greatest show. But Andor was. And this this definitely... Um, is one of my favorite shows of all time, to be honest now. I mean, the the thing that bo- not really bothers me, interests me in a way, is when people start watching the show at the beginning of the season and they were essentially saying, why none of this makes any lick of sense. Why is this happening? I don't like this. And I'm just sitting there with my coffee going, yes, have some. guys feel uh feel that uh they're starting to achieve a balance with the star wars content that they're coming out with because not only do we get stuff like the mandalorian which is sort of you know just star wars star wars stuff you've got um you got your kid focused stuff you've got you know those um what are the what were those things that were the anime things like the Uh, visions Visions, visions, yeah. A second season, I think, is dropping soon if it hasn't mm-hmm. already dropped. 
those were so good. And then you've got stuff like Andor, which is very like adult oriented storytelling. So you've got this wide breadth of Star Wars content for everyone because you know there's those Star Wars fans who are like, man, I hate, you know, I hated Book of Boba Fett, but and then they never gave Andor a chance. And it's like, go watch Andor and then see what you think. You know, like there's oh my god. The Star Wars Andy Circus does some of his best work of all time in in that show. Agreed. Yes. And if if you are not watching that show, then you are you are really doing yourself a disservice as a Star Wars fan and as an Andy Circus fan if you're an Andy Circus fan. Because one line, I can't swim, made me made my chest tight. And I'm like <laughs> and it's it's actually affecting me right now. Yeah, because the thing about that show is there's very little, if any, like comic relief. Like it is dark it's i like that about it though yeah and then i've been wanting a show like this in star wars for a long time i wasn't expecting it to be andor but i'm glad we got it uh did you watch the last episode of the or the last season of the bad batch as well like it got very very dark i haven't watched the bad batch yet i haven't watched uh i watched a couple of episodes of the bad batch they're they're making one more season and then i'll probably finish i'll watch it once it's done i think I think that's probably what I'll do as well. But I've heard good things about it, though. It's great. Oh, I I love that show, and it doesn't seem kind like of bad because no one's watching it. That's the thing is like nobody's watching it, and I'm like online, just like guys, why are you not watching this? It's great. There's only so many hours in the day, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but to to go back and answer your question, you asked a, a minute ago. I think yes, there has finally been a balance of star wars content as far as appealing to age ranges and now i'm glad that we're going to get some more movies because i've been right i won't say anti-star wars movie for a while but after rise of skywalker i'm thinking star wars needs to be in the tv realm for a while you can flesh out the characters more we need to move away from that but i, I think, think enough I time think has passed this... okay. right well, I was going to say, I think a lot of what the Mandalorian is doing right now is taking um, what they did with those movies, with the with the sequel movies, and essentially it's Dave Filoni and John Favreau going, "All right, how are we going to fix that?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, and, and I think that's what's going on. That's why I think that Filoni is moving more towards the the extended universe stuff. Um, you know, with with bringing in Thrawn, and we've already got a taste of the, some of those characters in this last couple episodes of The Mandalorian with uh, Captain Paleon, who was uh, in that um, Imperial uh, meeting. Um, you had the uh, Hux's dad. In yeah, that. I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, it's like Hux, holy. Yeah. <laughs> But that you know, I I I don't think they're going to try to retcon the movies, but I feel like. Baloney being in charge and and being the 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 lore master that he is, I feel like Kathleen Kennedy did a good choice with just kind of letting him take the reins and do right. what he wants to do. You know, he's making Uncle George proud. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. I mean, George Lucas, I haven't seen. Whenever I see any behind the scenes footage and George Lucas is on set, he looks so thrilled what they're doing 
So uh, probably because he loves the technology behind what they're doing, you know, with the void and all, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, not the void. What's it called? The, the volume. Uh, the volume. The void is uh, the VR experience. I apologize. But the volume is such wonderful technology that I'm sure George Lucas is just sitting there going, you know, this would have made things a lot easier. <laughs> he just walks in and you just see drool coming out of his mouth like, ah, oh, why wasn't this around 20 years ago? No kidding. <laughs> I'd love to see it in person one day. Like I, I'm I'm still a shoot on location type person, but the, the, the volume like it, it's just incredible. From what like behind the scenes footage I've seen, it looks so real. I mm -hmm. mean, scenes you would never think were done in that thing are done in that thing, and it's crazy yeah. how real everything looks in there. And it's so like when I watched a like a thirty minute demo of how it worked, and you know they had like the the camera on a on a like a like a i don't know how you like a steady cam rig basically where it, it can move anywhere and you can walk around with it and whatnot but when you're do doing that wherever it's pointing it renders and makes it mm -hmm. look nice and everything around it looks like crap and it's like how does it do that <laughs> this is really neat <laughs> you know and everybody who who works on it, like whenever they're doing the spaceship stuff, and, and they have the the space outside and everything like that, that the actors are like, "Yeah, we, we're really looking at that. It's wild. It's like we're on a ride, but we're not moving." So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that thing is awesome, and to know that it runs off the Unreal Engine is just crazy. Like, yeah. It, you think like what's it gonna be like you know in the next couple of iterations of the Unreal Engine? Like it looks real now. What are they gonna be able to do in five years, ten years? That it'll probably gonna be in our homes. It's gonna it'll be probably like be closer to five years because you see how quickly it's changed. It's like every three to five years, there's some kind of big, you know, development or breaking thing that happens. So I, I can't wait to see what happens, you know, and, and it seems like Lucasfilm is near the or the cutting edge of it. Like they're always keeping up with the technology. I mean, right. they could literally a lot of that thing as the holodeck. I was just thinking about that. Like <laughs> you could put that, you know, that thing in your house and just go wherever you want to in the universe inside that thing. Yeah. <laughs> they. I think I think uh, for me the entertainment ideas of you know like a theme park or something of that nature that would put that kind of technology inside of there um, inside of an attraction. I don't know if it's the same technology that they use to do the Galactic Star Cruiser or not, but uh, it, it seems like they should have uh, because of the fact that they have like this whole bridge experience where you're firing at high fighters and whatnot um so if that's not what they're doing uh, i don't know why they wouldn't because it seems like that'd be the easiest way to go about it but for me the idea that you can film anything basically 
and not have to go anywhere. I mean, and I'm talking like a fantastic world, you know, that just seems like over time, it'll also make things less expensive if they actually make more of them to yeah. where, you know, because I'm sure it costs money to rent, to have people there to run it, to um, all of that kind of stuff. But the more that they have and the more that they could do, just imagine how independent filmmaking could benefit from that as well. Where if you, like we have this whole idea for a science fiction movie that takes place in a theme park of the future, but there's no way we could build that. What if we had a volume to, to basically have it projected behind us while we pretend like we have all the stuff here? No, and only build one practical thing that we're going to be interacting with. I mean, I, I just love the technology they developed for this particular... I don't know if they did it for the, the Mandalorian, but it just shows what's possible because this movie, this TV show felt more cinematic than most cinematic movies I've seen over the last year. And, and that includes Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I didn't finish. <laughs> but uh, See, I'm, it, it looks so much better. That's the reason why I'm I honestly am not that excited about new Star Wars movies because the TV shows are just as cinematic, if not more, than you know, the movies we've gotten so far. And they can do anything in that volume. They I mean the space battles look all the battles look great, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's mm -hmm. what can you do in a movie that's gonna get me to the theater now excited? You know, unless you do like a Mandalorian movie, which I'd be there day one, you know. Well, I would go see the Mandalorian major motion picture. Yeah. Well, that is one of the movies oh, in development is there. There's going to be a Dave Filoni directed film that is like the the climax of all the shows like the Mandalorian. Right. I, it hasn't been given a release date, but yeah, I, I I'd be there day one. Like it shouldn't be a Filoni directed. I think, as much as I love Dave Filoni, the best episodes are directed by uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. So, I would prefer if she was the director, <laughs> but what can I do? I didn't, you know, she's responsible for one of my favorite images of the whole series, and that is Grogu with the with the bone broth, and <laughs> you know, the, 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 that that brilliant. Just for that, give her a movie. A meme for the ages. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, Carl Weathers is a great, uh, is a pretty good director, too. Oh, he is. Mm -hmm. He absolutely he is. Action. He does really good action uh, in his episodes. So, I don't know. Uh, I would give it to either one of those. Uh, either him or Bryce Dallas Howard, and I, I would be okay with that, because they're excellent directors, both of them. Mm -hmm. Earl Weathers is really good in the show too. He, he his, I've loved the development um, of his character. I love the fact that he goes out to a to a field filled with Mandalorians and says, "Mando." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the first thing I thought was, "I swear to God, all of them are going to turn around." Or <laughs> they didn't, but I'm like, they should have. They all turn around. Yes, you rang. <laughs> You so just got me thinking. Uh, oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, what do you guys think of the overall um, story of the 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 episodes where it's not just about Mando anymore? I mean, it's literally the Mandalorians have come together again to take back Mandalore, and that was the whole arc of the season. Um, and you know that it, it the focus isn't just on on Din Jaren anymore. It's the Mandal the Mandalorian people. I think it's the natural progression the of the story. And friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I mean, I a lot of people don't like the whole uh side quest hype shows. But the thing is, the whole series has been nothing but that. Like ever since the beginning, everything they haven't figured out the formula yet, which is shocking to me, where every episode seems separate from the rest of the series but by the last couple of episodes they all end up meaning something having a purpose a piece of the puzzle that's all going to come together at the end of the the series so i I don't understand those uh criticisms about the the way that they're constructed but i i do love the fact that we're just not uh, with Mando all the time, that we're getting these side stories, we're getting the Doctor uh, Pershings, we're getting the uh, the um, well, that's whole that's what I was... oh god, Christopher Lloyd was great in 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 the episode. Seeing Jack Black was great for me and Lizzo, and and a lot of people were were, were complaining. About you mean it Jack didn't ruin Black the franchise being... for you, Wally? <laughs> well, because <laughs> the the fact that. I mean, it's so like like the moment I saw her, I'm like, this episode's gonna be good as hell. Well, the thing is, people, yeah. did. people didn't like that episode that uh, that was all about Doctor Pershing and um, I don't know the other lady's name. She's like one of the uh, officers, the and, spy. Yeah, the spy. And they just that one episode put so many seeds for future stuff in motion right people were yeah. like well, what was that about like dude do you not understand storytelling at all well, <laughs> like, no no a lot of these fans don't and that's the like, thing right. is they, they want everything handed to them immediately yeah. no it's a story this is a show that spans multiple episodes each episode is a little seed that will sprout into something later on and i right. i love that up. i love that side story because I've wondered ever since I was a kid, what is it like just in an average day on Coruscant? And we got to see it. Right. I thought that was cool. Oh my God. I would love to go to Coruscant at a theme park. I want I want to be yes. able to see the tallest peak of yeah. a mountain just <laughs> sticking up out of the ground. It's like, you know, uh, go ahead and touch it. <laughs> you know, I would, I would love to have a robot <laughs> yell at me. Uh, I mean, it, it, it just, oh, and the one thing from that episode where he was, where we found out that the dark side does have cookies and it's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never it's, thought of that till just now, but that's brilliant. I'm like, man, I would love to have those, you know, uh, they, they look very delicious, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that episode was great to me. I don't, I, I have no complaints. And, and I mean, it also shows that the, the, the not the empire the uh the new um republic 
is not as like every giant bureaucracy there are things that are not just there are still places that need work there is no perfect society and it also shows the level of discontent some people have with the new republic so it shows how these disenfranchised people could want to back out of the bureaucracy and the and you know the the you know new boss same as the old boss mentality of well this is just as bad if not worse than the empire was and you know shows those seeds being sown for the the new order and i mean the first order didn't work uh i love their music the first order <laughs> the uh well, especially uh, the stuff like with mr kim you know he wants to help uh grief yeah. and he goes to ask you know the the bureaucracy or his higher ups if if he can have a squadron so go and, and help and they won't do it. Like he has to go find the Mandalorians and be like, hey, your buddy, you know, Grief Karga is in trouble. You need to go like just you know, he's your friend. Do what with that information what you will. Well, his mistake was asking no the ladies this, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ladies man shows up. <laughs> you know, I saw I saw another meme that I thought was great where it had him and then it was like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to requisition you those those ships. And then the spy comes in and he goes, oh, a lady. Ooh, it's, it's a lady. lady. It's a lady. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't see him in any other role except for the ladies. <laughs> I started laughing oh, I when know. he popped up on camera and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. I don't know. He was the superintendent of schools on uh, on the office. So, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's on the Goldbergs now, too. So I keep seeing oh, really? him. Yeah. Just popping up uh, everywhere, which is yeah. Great. He's the um, guidance counselor at uh, Adams School. Okay, oh, that's that feels problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but Considering no, I'm, his history. I'm totally with you guys in the sense that, yeah, in the beginning, like it might feel like a slow burn, and then like a lot happens in the last couple of episodes. But mm. there's a reason for it all, and that's what people don't understand and i i don't know where it started with star wars fans it's probably the prequels but it's like <laughs> that's where it started star wars yeah, fans are is, not happy unless they're know. complaining about star wars because yes i believe well no you know what i think that uh it all started with empire strikes back because i know that there were arguments in that movie too because one of my earliest memories of, of life is a friend of my uncle's arguing with, with my aunt about Empire Strikes Back and how it ruined the first one because Darth Vader should be a robot uh, and how how the Obi-Wan is obviously a clone. He was in the Clone Wars and Obi-Wan, that's a distinction, not a name. So... There was, yes, I one of my earliest memories in life is people arguing over empire. So it's always been there. It's just that because of the internet, more idiots can get together and talk about these things. <laughs> Speaking of that, something we haven't mentioned, um, Ahmed Best 
uh, his Jedi character is the yeah. one who saved Grogu, which I didn't know it was him until the credits. And I saw his name and I'm like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Something and then I forgot. <laughs> that... I, hope, I really hope we get more about him after Same. that moment when he gets Grogu off of Coruscant, because that's where we left. You know, he gets to the like, platform. What happened? And they take off in the ship, and that's the that's the end of Grogu's yeah. memory. And I hope we get more flashbacks in the future of that character. Like, how did he end up in the care quote of that gang on? Uh, I think wasn't it on Tatooine? It, no, it was on it was on Navarro, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it was. Whenever, whenever they. Um, I want to know how that happened. How did he get there? Um, I think that's the next story to tell. Right. And I am uh, also fine if they never tell it. (laughs) You know, who am I to tell them what to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like we still have a lot of story left to to tell, but I think with the way they ended it, you know, with Mando, you know, it it left on a very hopeful ending. You know, Mando is going to be working you know, independent contractor, uh, uh, a la clerks, right. <laughs> um, working for the New Republic, and you know he ends up on the farm, and you know he's kicking his feet up. Grogu's out at the pond playing with the frogs, and then we get that Looney Tunes like close in on the two of them, and then at the end, and I'm like, that cracked me up when that happened. Yeah, I'm happy with that kind of ending. But, I want a know. Thomas Kincaid style painting of that shot. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Hang over my fireplace. Well, so I can have my smoking jacket on <laughs> <laughs> sitting back with, with a nice glass. You know, it would what would have made it, it even better is if we would have gotten uh if they would have just hired um uh oh uh, what's his name? Uh uh does the voice uh, Great voice, uh, Morgan Freeman. If they would have uh, oh. gotten Morgan Freeman just to do the last like minute of the Mandalorian, and he's just like, and then young Grogu, Mandalorian. <laughs> the Mandalorian and Grogu spent a nice life together on the farm, and Mandal Mando eventually became an old man, and you know Grogu took him back to be buried with you know a king's honor on Mandalore, and. And that's where our story ends. And I, I would have been, I'd have been, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. There's three more endings within with because <laughs> Peter Jackson's the director. I don't know why I thought that. Would be I will say this. Uh, speaking of Grogu, and I haven't seen anybody bring this up yet. Not to say that they haven't. I just haven't seen anything. With one of the next movies, it will feature the return of Ray with her rebuilding the Jedi order. It's going to take place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. Grogu would be around 90 at that point. Yoda was a hundred when he started training Jedi. I, if they're smart, they will make Grogu a major part of that movie. And that will sell tickets. Didn't Grogu. Yes. And we haven't even talked about, the fact that number one, we saw Mythosaur for the first time. And Grogu in communicated with it at the end. I wanted him to ride the Mythosaur in that finale so bad. Oh, that would be great. 
Grogu might be the new uh, when he grow, gets a little older. He might be the the leader of the Mandalorians, and he's that, that would be bridge. sick. He's that bridge between the Mandalorians and the New Jedi Order, dude. A blaster in one hand, a lightsaber in the other. Holy crap! Sign me up. Somebody get Dave Filoni on the phone. Let's. <laughs> he rides up on a Mythos tour. Yeah, like when Boba Fett rode the Rancor in in the book of Boba Fett. That would be only cool. That would that visual would break the internet. It really would. Oh my gosh. I I I really do love the fact that Din Jaren um took in and adopted Grogu mainly because we now no longer need him to go on side quest to go find his parents. So that's mm-hmm. nice. I'm okay with them leaving his parents a mystery. Yeah. Like yeah. they haven't even named the species that he and Yoda are. But I yeah. I'm okay if they never do because like with anything you you want to leave a little bit of you know audience interpretation like what could this be right. or what could that outcome be so if they never reveal it i'm okay with it personally George lucas always wanted to help palpatine is just <laughs> he always oh, wanted yoda's backstory to be you know unknown like he wanted yoda to be a mystery so to leave grogu a mystery as well is i'm totally okay with that yeah i'm okay with that too what um what would you guys like to see? Because like uh, season four is confirmed. What would you guys like to see? Like would would you want like a you know self contained story every week where maybe Den and Den Grogu take on different jobs, or what what would you guys like to see for season four? No, did I want to see uh, Grogu with an helmet and the lights out? Save <laughs> just. <laughs> Riding the mythosaur, it's gonna be wonderful. Um, I, I honestly, I don't like to. I haven't liked speculating for or or even saying what I want to see ever since the last Jedi, because it got so bad. Uh, but if I were to say definitively what would make me happy is just. 45 minutes of every week of just Grogu sitting peacefully eating macaroons. <laughs> and the occasional frog egg. And the occasional frog egg. I, I mean, <clears throat> as far as speculation goes, I mean, we know that Grogu communicated with the, the, um, what was it? The sword. With the sword. So what if we get to where it's more of a um a rebuilding of Mandalore kind of of story. Uh we get more Katie Sackhoff because you know, I mean, Mando already Katie told me, I will I will be with you until your song is written, which is one of the greatest lines <laughs> ever. You know, what if they end up getting together and then they have like a little Mando baby and Grogu has a brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god i love it i want this i love it they will and sing they songs be rebuilding and, and they could be you know having fights with the 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 empire remnants you know before they become the first order because they're pretty pissed off about their planet being bombed the shit <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Sorry, glass, basically. As, as one should. <laughs> I already did earlier, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm. Wow, am I the only one on this episode that hasn't cursed? That's yeah. not normal. <laughs> I think so. You you still got a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with you in the sense that like I I'd like to see a, a continuation of the rebuilding of Mandalore, and, and the Mythosaur has to play into it somehow. And I, I I foresee it being a mix of that along with the there'll still be some side quests with Den working with the New Republic. But I, I'm okay with that. Like, Looking not everything up. Star Wars has to be directly Jedi related. Look or how looking, good Andor was. Looking back up with Ahsoka for a few adventures. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd love to I'm see excited that. Excited for that show. Yes. I am too. I, I'm ready to finally see Thrawn in live action. It, it did make me think, though, when when the Ahsoka trailer was was released, it just made me think. Man, the sequel trilogy should have just been heir to the Empire. Yep. And it would have been so good. I, I, I'm not a sequel trilogy. But but yeah. I am I, I, I love for me, I I like The Force Awakens Last Jedi I love, which is a very controversial statement. And the rise of Skywalker, I can take or leave. <laughs> you know, there's good things in this movie. But I, I, as a whole, I thought it was a mess. You know, I think I said it on this podcast before. My my problem with Rise of Skywalker is I saw it one time in the theater, and I don't remember a thing from it. Honestly, I, is, I don't remember anything. Well, I mean, the biggest problem with that whole... You don't whole even remember the shrug? The, you know, whenever the Knights of Ren show up and, and Kylo is... Like, and he starts beating the car. I remember the GIF or GIF. Whatever it's called. I remember that of people made of it. Um, I, I just seems so, it, it seems so disjointed. Like, that whole trilogy is just so disjointed because they didn't plan it from movie one to movie three. They made yeah. Force Awakens and said, we'll figure it out from there. And that was a good jumping off point. I don't know how they fumbled it so badly. It's um, and you know, and I've mentioned this before. I did read the original draft of the the third film uh, that they were going to do, and I honestly much prefer it. But oh, it was good. I actually thought it was not, really good. Right. I, I love the whole underground resistance that Finn was doing, and the idea that Hux was a, a lightsaber collector, and uh, just just everything in it was very very interesting and it had a satisfying conclusion to me but i understand they, they i guess they felt like they needed to retcon some stuff and i it, even though i very much disagreed uh they did it anyway so they didn't <laughs> they, ask they me. they caved in to peer pressure is yeah. the way i That's look at what it what it is so making no one happy <laughs> because ryan johnson took it in a very interesting direction which i Personally, I like the Last Jedi. I, I think love it's it. Great movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great you know, movie. That's the only one I own on on uh 4K. So just just throwing that out there. That's the only one of the new trilogy that I have. But then it goes to they they tried to, I don't know, kind of rein it back in or take it back in an, in yeah. the original direction that JJ was trying to take in. I think JJ 
I've said this a million times. He's great at starting stories and creating mystery. He does not know how to end things. Like, nope. Look at Lost. Lost ended horribly. <laughs> you know, like he does not know how to end things. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I that could be a whole separate podcast on the the fumbles yeah. of the the sequel trilogy, which is unfortunate because. You know, I remember the hype for The Force Awakens, and I think it delivered. Like, I still like that movie. I think it's fun, but we needed something different. And people crap on Ryan Johnson, but he's actually a very good filmmaker. If you don't like Last Jedi, watch watch Knives Out and Glass Onion. Yeah. Two of the best movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said that about. Well, I've been talking about the best TV shows of all time, but the the Knives Out series is my new favorite series of movies. I cannot wait for the next one to come out. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, it is. I swear to God, I want them to be the Muppets, and Benoit Blanc is the only one that's not a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 it'd be perfect. Perfect. I mean, the problem with the Star Wars fandom is they don't know what they want. They got The Force Awakens, which everybody loved, but they were like, well, we, you, all you did was remake A New Hope. Give us something different. So guess what? They got Ryan Johnson came in, gave us something different, and everybody's like, we hate it. We want we want the same. And like, like hold on now. Not that different. <laughs> it's really not. If you look at Star Wars lore and you look at The Last Jedi, there's not a ton of differences. Yeah. Make whatever. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm tired of telling people how how wrong they are about this. I mean, I it's fine if you don't like the movie. I'm not gonna try to convince you. But and if you do like a movie, I'm not gonna try to convince you that it's bad. I just feel like people are they're not used to stories being told to them anymore. Um, they want to be part of the process in a way where they already know what's going to happen. They just want it to be presented in a way that they might not expect. And that is a tall order. Number one, and number two, it's not any fun. If you already know what's going to happen because it's what you want to happen, then it's, I think what's the point of doing anything at that point. Um, Exactly. The only exception to that rule is, the Avengers Endgame for me, because I, that is exactly what I wanted them to do. Uh, and they did it, and they did it better than I thought they would. But it's at the same time, they continue to do these safe movies, and this is just uh, moving a little outside of the Star Wars thing to illustrate this point. They're not as good anymore because they're trying to be safe in a way that I'm not interested in. And that's what it sounds like Star Wars fans want, but they're going to complain about it if they ever got it. And I think I think that what they're doing now with the Mandalorian, especially, is showing us things that we didn't know we wanted to see, like a mystery. You know, we had an episode of Columbo in the Mandalorian universe while they were trying to figure out who why these robots were malfunctioning. It, I loved that episode because it reminded me so much of all of, uh, of those types of, of uh, uh, 
uh, TV shows and, and whatnot. And Christopher Lloyd's performance was just magical. Dude, those uh, little things, know, just... the robot makers, the bad baby, no hug. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> no, no squeezies. No squeezies. Dude, I mean, Rogue One, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like Rogue One is damn near a perfect movie. If you go back and watch Rogue mm -hmm. One, that movie is so well Especially told. now after Andor. From yep. beginning to end, that movie is a damn near perfect movie. And, right. and it's not just the Star Wars fans, dude. I went online last week after the, the Picard season finale, which is one of the best finales of all time. That I shed tears. I jumped for joy. It is a joyful end to the whole Star Trek The Next Generation story. It couldn't have been any better. And I went online and I was excited to talk about it and people were bitching about it. And I'm like, of course they were. What is wrong with you people? What, who took the joy out of your lives? <laughs> like that you hated this. Who are the these people? Uh, to, to use a quote from my, uh, my late grandfather who shit in your cornflakes. Yeah. So it's not just Star Wars fans. It's Star Trek fans as well. There are some toxic Star Trek fans out there, too. Yeah, there, I mean, I have seen a lot of toxic Star Trek fans lately. All fan bases have them. I just feel like Star Wars yeah. is one of the most vocal. Yeah. Heck, Ghostbusters is a toxic fan base, and it's, you know... It's Which I don't understand. Like, time. Ghostbusters is so fun. I and know. and I like mean, the the first movie is near perfect, and the second one is good too. And I like that movie of all time. Yeah. yeah, the second one I love. I love the third one, and I like the, the 2016. I don't love the 2016, but I don't loathe it like a lot of people do. Yeah, you can't just, you can't compare it to the original. You won't enjoy no, it that can't. way. You cannot go in thinking this movie is going to be the same tone, the same yeah. uh, well written script the villain's very forgettable but at the same time it had some cool stuff and it's ghostbusters so it's you know i i just i feel like more of good things is better than no of good th none of good things yeah. so we were getting no star wars we were getting none so i think that the people who are like well disney is ruining star wars those people need to evaluate this. Would you prefer them to just not do anything with it other than sell you things? See, that's what I keep that's telling. what they all it was. That's what I keep telling people. Like, uh, I mean, you you people like I I don't people. What do you Star mean Trek's you people? Like, Star Trek's kind of like what do pizza. you mean you people? Yeah. Star Trek's uh, Star Wars is kind of like pizza. Uh you know, Mandalorian is a great pizza. And you know, Obi-Wan was a great pizza. I mean there's some you can't eat pizza all the time and have all the time have great pizza. There's going to be some okay pizza. Right. Sometimes you're going to have bad pizza, but all Someone's pizza gonna is have still good. A Celeste pizza from the Dollar Tree. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's going to happen. It'll kill your Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> It'll uh, take care of your hunger. But you know, yeah. I know what that. I grew up in a time where from 1983 to 1999. All we got were two Ewok movies on TV. <laughs> like that was in it. Order, we also got two animated series. Thank you. 
Yeah, well, they animated, but that there was a Star Wars drought of of sixteen yeah. years there, the where we got nothing. We no, just kept re-giving us the same things, you know. I'm I, I'm flabbergasted that a, a whole magazine was able to be published every quarter for Star Wars when there was no Star Wars. How was this happening? I was carrying the Star Wars flag, you know, when I was in high school. And nobody else gave a shit about about Star Wars. I was reading the Heir to the Empire books. I was reading the Dark Horse Boba Fett comics and everything. I was reading the Tales of the Jedi comics. I was playing the video games. I kept that, you know, like tried to keep the Star Wars flag flying because I knew one day. Jason specifically yes, was keeping specifically. Star Wars afloat. <laughs> because no, none of my, I mean, maybe I had one or two friends that still kind of, loved star wars and loved to talk about it but it you know it it was a it was a dry time for star wars stuff nobody was talking about star wars for a long time unless you were into the comics and the books and the things of that nature and now i get to come home on wednesdays and watch star wars tv shows like andor and bad batch and mandalorian and let me tell you it's freaking awesome. And yeah, there might be some bad episodes in there every once in a while. But like I said, even bad pizza is still good pizza. It's like they I always that say analogy. the worst of, I used to say that the worst day at Disney World is better than the best day at work. And I think <laughs> that goes for Star Wars too. The best, the, the best the worst episode of Star Wars, like the worst anything of Star Wars, is better than most other things. So yeah. it's it's like, why would you be so vehemently against my joy specifically? Do you hate me as a person? <laughs> it's like people that hate. Why on would the, you deny me? It's like people that hate on the new Marvel stuff. You know, like they hated She Hulk and stuff like that. I'm like. I like I remember a time there was a time where the only Marvel movies I got was Punisher with Dolph Lundgren and a really weird straight to video Captain America movie that was really bad where he had rubber ears on the costume. And that's all we had. And we liked it. And we, we liked it. <laughs> we really did not. Uh, well, you're also missing. Howard the Duck, which was also a Marvel film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Duck is all I got to say about that. Duck the, the first really, <laughs> the first, the first good Marvel movie came out in 1998, and uh, and that was Blade. Yeah, I remember and, uh, when me and Wally first met. You gave me a copy of the fan the the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie because I had never oh, seen yeah. it. And it took me and three minutes to watch it because I could only stand stand it in 20 minute increments. Surprise <laughs> your guys' friendship survived that. <laughs> I mean it's better than the person I gave the Star Wars holiday special to. Well okay that that's fair. Thing, like it was all you gave me the the because we were talking about it and I was like I've never seen that movie and you were like here take this I was like well, I'll give it back to you when I'm done. You were like, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> and then I jumped out the window. 
speaking of Star Wars uh, comics, I actually reread Dark Empire one and two recently. So good. Another thing that could have been adapted and been a really good movie. But now, um, with the DA Jedi Fallen Order, uh, it has a sequel coming out this Friday, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, um, and I've Fallen heard Order was really good, and I've heard the Jedi Survivor is better. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm seeing so much huge praise, and I'm like, well, how is it better? Because it was so good. I just hate that it's coming you out know? so close to Zelda. I don't because I don't play that game. No, that's. <laughs> That's fair. That's because you're but, a uh, joyless gamer. You're a joyless <laughs> gamer, sir. Uh, that well, should as... be my new podcast. Welcome to the joyless gamer. <laughs> <laughs> the only gamer who hates video games. Today, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, how much I hate Zelda games. I was going to say, I mean, you know, I know it's not canon really anymore, the Dark Empire stuff, but why couldn't Disney do like, uh, you know, like a de-aged Mark Hamill and just kind of do it as a one-off sort of series, like Elseworlds type of series where we get stuff like that. Now they extended universe. Sounds expensive. I mean, yeah, but you know, they in a perfect world one guy who came in and fixed all the de-aging stuff, you know, cause he had, cause he like downloaded the, the stuff off of pirate Bay and made it look better. Than <laughs> I was about the, to say he made it look better than 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 Lucasfilm did. So they hired him. Yeah. Like, why yeah. just get that guy? Be like, hey, we're gonna do this, you know, six episode Dark Empire series. Go do it. I mean, I'd be okay with it personally. <laughs> but uh, as we start to wrap up here, uh, Jason, tell everybody about your podcast. Uh, well, me and Derek have a, a little pot, little known podcast uh, that we do occasionally, uh, you know, once a week. What's, we, what's a quarter? Yeah, we get together and we do the Nerd Cave Retro Show, where once a week we get together and we talk about the uh, retro gaming news of the week. We go over a little bit of video game history, and then we review an old game every single week over at Nerd Cave Retro. And I don't know what's happening but our numbers have been growing exponentially over the last few weeks. I don't know what's happening, but we're, we're getting crazy new listeners, new people to the, the discord. So if you want to be a part of that whole community, go join us over at nerd nerdcaveretro.com. That'll take you everywhere you need to go. That's our link tree. And also um, I do a, a comedy podcast with my friend, Jacob Craig, who is a comedian. And we do a show called open micers where we talk, to uh, people in the trenches of the entertainment industry every week. And um, Derek's been on that show numerous times. Wally's been on there numerous times. We've had Brian O'Halloran on the show to talk about Monsters Anonymous. And guess what? He's coming back again. I'm putting it out on this show right now. He's coming back in May. And we're going to talk about Clerks 3 stuff. So it's going to go openmikers.com and at openmikers on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to have to watch live for that one. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Phelps, tell everybody your podcast. Uh, my podcast is also Nerd Cave Retro. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dead Game is the name of the podcast. Dead Game Pod with Carlos Longoria. I am the Rampage. Rampage! <laughs> 
what we do is we try to resurrect a dead franchise uh, in video games uh, by essentially going over the history of the franchise and then uh, in the first half. And then the second half, we talk about the things that we would do to bring the game back to the forefront or bring it back in general. Uh, the most recent episode we recorded was Strider, which I don't know if it released yet or not. But the most recent one was Strider. Then we had Burnout the previous week. Uh, you know what? We forgot to say what the next episode was going to end up being. And honestly, I don't know. But uh, it's deadgamepod.com. Uh, you can uh, go there and find all of our links, uh, all of our socials, all, all of the different places. You can subscribe. I think my voice is changing. I'm going through puberty as we speak. <laughs> and uh, there is uh, uh, Dead Game Pod uh, is also a um, oh, I can't speak all of a sudden. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the real big wall. Uh, and if you go there, you also get bonus podcast episodes of uh, Legend of the Dumpster Fire, which is the uh, actual play D&D game that uh, Carlos is a part of and I am the dungeon master for where group of misfits who have no idea what they're doing are trying to investigate the disappearance of every student in a wizarding school so uh, for that you can go there it's a uh, comedy focused has a lot of pop culture references the most recent episode I've uh, uploaded is probably the best way to enter. Uh, it's right after they wandered into a Tyrannosaurus paddock uh, in in a uh, luxury resort. So uh, that was fun. And uh, the last episode of Open Bikers uh, while he was on, and I gave him a quiz, uh, Dungeons and Dragons quiz, to see what kind of dungeon master he really is. And not only that, we talked about the the blue check fiasco over at Twitter as well. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go check out Open Micers. Is it too early to call that the infamous blue check mark incident? I think you're right on the money there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely infamous. But uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and chat Star Wars. Thank you. Well, I, it's always a pleasure to come on and talk about things that we're passionate about. Thank you again to Jason and Wally for that fantastic discussion on The Mandalorian and the state of Star Wars. We're going to continue the Star Wars discussion next week. Regan Bell and Christian Jones, formerly of the Fantastic People podcast, will be joining me to talk about, one, their time at Star Wars Celebration over in London. And we're going to be doing what I think is easily the hardest top five list that I have come up with top five moments from Star Wars, not the movies, not characters, specific moments that have happened in Star Wars. It can be from the movies, from, uh, you know, the animated series like Clone Wars and Rebels, the Disney Plus series like Kenobi, uh, Andor, anything Star Wars related that you can think of will will list you know and it's going to be really hard to do it's i'm probably going to have 10 honorable mentions to be perfectly honest and i'm as i'm recording this i have not started my list yet because i don't know where to start like I, i've got so many it's going to be really hard to narrow it down to five so look out for uh it, it'll probably already be up by the time um you hear this the day it comes out uh, but go to facebook.com slash ddiamondpodcast to find the uh, post 
for the top five list, leave your list in the comments below. Or if you want to email them to me, ddiamondpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be taking lists that way as well. And that will be out next Monday. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You find all your content for the show, whether it's a podcast subscription, YouTube subscription, social media following, head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews the show gets, the more visible it becomes to those who are searching for podcasts. You know, like this is a TV and film podcast. So the more reviews that I get, the more likely this is going to be a top result when someone's searching for those particular kinds of podcasts. And one final thing, um, I haven't mentioned any updates on the feature in a while. We will be doing another screening of the movie Saturday, May 27th at Hellcat Hangar in Pensacola, Florida. We're going to be doing the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social. Uh, the he- the feature is going to be the headliner, but there will be other great locally made shorts as well. We'll be doing some Q&As. We're going to have food trucks. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, the event's going to kick off at 6 p.m. Doors open at 5. And you can head over to facebook.com slash so diamond events to find uh, all the information there uh, that you can. Tickets are on sale. Uh, the link is on that Facebook page. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well. But that's going to do it. Um, You can stay tuned for more information. I'll probably be having some of the filmmakers on the show over the next couple of weeks, leading up to the season finale of the Derek Diamond Experience. Not the series. The show is going to continue. But as I mentioned when I brought the show back, it is going to go on a little bit of a break during the summer to give me time to pursue other ventures. But the, the show is not going to forever go away like we thought it would at the end of 2021. But that's going to do it. I'm rambling at this point. So head over to linktree.com slash Podcast once again. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys back here next week for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>